0: All right, Wrestling with Theology fans, it is Thursday, which means we are digging deeper into the Psalms. This week, we get started into Book 4 of the Psalms, which covers Psalms 90 through 106. And today, we have Psalms 90 and 91, a couple of contrasting Psalms, but very similar, especially when we take into consideration Psalm 90 as being likely the oldest Psalm we have in the entire Psalter, as it is a psalm of Moses. And, of course, we don't have when this happens in the time of Moses. It just says it's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. So that could take place over any number of the 40 years that he was with the Israelites in the wilderness, his time in Egypt, his time in Midian before that. It's all up for grabs as to when that could happen. But then Psalm 91 is one of the great ones as well, as we look to see some of the great things that happen to it, and even ways that it can be twisted. But before we get to 91, we have to do Psalm 90. So let's take a look at it. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. "'Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations.'" Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood, they are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, in the evening it fades and withers." For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy or even by reason of strength eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So far, Psalm 90. This is one of those Psalms that are very versatile and oftentimes linked with near death or even the time of visitation at the funeral home or the church before, with the family before the service actually begins. And this is a psalm I've used many, many times in that situation where we talk about the greatness of the Lord and how He has been our dwelling place in all generations and that those who remain faithful to Him and listen to Him are rewarded, even better than given as many days of joy and happiness as they were toil and sorrow and trouble, but even more. Because verse 2 says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And we bring this into the whole funeral scenario because it is that everlasting life that God promises us that brings us about to fear, love, and trust in Him so that we may be able to even face our death or the death of a loved one knowing that God is completely in control again we bring out the funeral nature of it with verse 3 you return man to dust and say return O children of man reminding us as we will be reminded once again in a couple of weeks you are dust and to dust you shall return because unless Jesus comes back we are all going to die we are all going to return to the dust that God created us out of. And how long will that be? Who knows? That's the point of verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. We use this and the corresponding verse in James's epistle to try to bring comfort. And a lot of times it doesn't bring comfort because we want the thousand years. We want the certainty. But to know that with God, that just passes in a day or in like a watch in the night, which is three hours, very, very short time to be thinking of a millennia passing. But that is the whole point of eternity. It is that As Amazing Grace tells us in the last verse, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Because even 10,000 years in heaven will still seem like nothing and will still have many, many more to come. That is the comfort of verse 4. That is the comfort of Psalm 90 is that it all happens with God's timing and God's timing and our timing are completely off most of the time but we see that even in all of this even in our worrying about him taking forever it seems like he's still loving us he's still concerned and controlling things for us so that we might continue to praise him And that is why we are referred to as grass, not as that which is dried and thrown into the fire, but that which is renewed every morning. Yes, in the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. That's also a sign of life. When we are young, we seem to be so vibrant and full of life. When we get to be old, it seems like everything fades and withers and nothing works properly anymore. And we wonder just how much longer God has for us here. And that's a question none of us can answer. None of us know how long we have. We just know whose hands we are in. Because all our days are brought to an end by His anger. Not that He is angry at you. He is angry at your sin. And that is why He told Adam and Eve in the very beginning, You shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day that you eat of it, you will die. They didn't physically die, but sin entered the world that day, causing a spiritual death, causing a spiritual separation between God and His people. And that separation continues until that day when Jesus comes back to make a new heavens and a new earth where there is no more sin, where there is no more sorrow, no more struggle, no more anger, no more wrath. Nothing but joy. But many times, especially when it comes close to the end, we think about the things that we've done wrong in our lives. We think about the regrets that we have from our life, what we would have done differently had we been given another chance or had we known then what we know now. That's a part of the fallen human nature. We always want to see what other options were there. We want to see that we live past 70, 80, 90 years old. But many of us wonder if we'll get even that far because all of our days are yet a span of toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and then we are gone. So we ask God in verse 12, "So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom." I think this is very, very good for Moses to have said because he had 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. He had the promise from God that he would lead the people of Israel into the promised land only to ruin it himself by striking the rock instead of speaking to it the second time. But he gets to see the promised land from the top of the mountain on the other side. He gets to see what is going to happen. And that is what he asks for each of us. Not to be given a supernatural vision of everything, but to be given the acceptance to number our days, to know that each day is precious and a gift from God, so that we may get a heart of wisdom to know how to live those days out. And then we have verse 15. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. I don't want that. And I don't think you do either. You live to be 60, 70, 80 years old. Do you really just want 60, 70, 80 years in heaven? No, no, we don't don't go for that. We want eternity in heaven. We want to be able to to go to heaven and be with him forever, without end. We don't want a limit on that. So we have this. Make us glad. Because in our own minds, as we look at it as rational human beings, the best thing we can hope for is to balance things out. But God promises so much more so so much more than what balances out our lives from the evil that we have seen to the joy and gladness that we will have in heaven there is so much more to that all right that's psalm 90 we move on to psalm 91 which is one of the well-known psalms Uh, if you are a fan of the hymn on eagle's wings This is where it comes from. We'll also see that this is also referenced in the temptation of Jesus that we will see in a couple of weeks in our readings as well. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So far, Psalm 91. All right, we have the great passages here. The shelter of the Most High. The almighty shadow, which is our refuge and fortress. What we trust in many, many times over in the Psalms, we continue to have this idea of God as our refuge, God as our fortress, God as our strength, God as the only one that we can trust in. Because He will deliver us. Because He has promised that through Jesus, that He will take us from this valley of sorrow and tears to be with Him in heaven. And that is the great glory. That is why we don't fear the terror of the night. Because we know that even with night, the morning comes. Not necessarily tomorrow morning. It could be the daybreak of the eternal day. It could be that time where there is no more night. And no evil will be allowed to befall you at that point, because there will be no more evil. And speaking of evil, we have verse 11 and 12. These are quoted in the temptation of Jesus that we will hear on the first Sunday in Lent in March. And the sad part is, it's quoted by the devil. This is him taking Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple and telling him to throw himself off because God has said he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jump off Jesus, and it can all be yours. Because God won't let you crash to the ground, He will let you safely float down. But of course, we know Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't submit to the evil that is trying to entrap him after the 40 days of fasting. Because he also knows the rest of it. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because that is what he came to do. That is what he began to do with his temptation, is to trample the serpent underfoot. Exactly what God had promised to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. That was beginning in the temptation of Jesus. That is continuing to be reminded and remembering reminding people all throughout the centuries that this promise is the promise of the Bible, that one day there will be no more evil. One day there will be no pestilence, no disease, no hunger, no nothing of any kind of suffering and sorrow, only gladness and joy in the presence of our God. And this is how he ends this. God speaking, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Many, many things could be said about these verses, and I could take a whole lot of time going through them. But all these things that we seek after, answers, from God, protection, rescue, honor, long life, all of these things we want, and they're all ours because of Him, because we have decided to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, to know His name as the name that is above all names. And we continue that theme through the rest of Book 4 of the Psalms. As we'll pick up again next week in Psalms 92 and 93. That these are the great hymns of praise in the Psalter. Praising the name of the Lord. Because He delivers His promises. He delivers salvation. All right, that's it for this week. Next week, as I said, we get into Psalms 92 and 93 continuing to praise the name of the Lord. But until then, I encourage you to be here on Monday for the Confessional Corner, still going through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession on the Mass. Be here for the moments of meditation that will pick up next week as they go through what is currently on WHPO. And then also, for those of you who are wrestling fans, who enjoy the idea of fantasy wrestling be here for pro wrestling america on wednesdays as we continue to have some fun with some of the great things that many of us grew up with but until next time this is pastor doug thanking you for being here and hoping that this has readily equipped you to wrestle with the theology around you today and always amen